0: Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 33 of the Testudo Times Podcast, the Crouton edition. We promised you that we were going to have one of these, and we deliver just a day after we released the last podcast. It's Podcast Overload. Only one person joining me today, back on the pod after a few weeks off, Alex Kirstner, It's just you and me, Alex. We get a little alone time together.
1: Very exciting. It's, it's honestly what I had looked forward to. I wouldn't just say today, but but for a week, maybe two weeks.
0: And now I'm sufficiently creeped out. Uh, let's get more creeped out by talking about the life decisions of a bunch of 17 and 18 year olds. Isn't that fun? Why not? Yeah. Maryland's 2016 recruiting class is very interesting we've spent a lot of internet mileage talking about Dwayne Haskins and Keandre Jones and their commitment to Ohio State before on this show we're now going to talk about what's left and it's not a bad recruiting class all things considered I believe 24-7 has um 42nd in the country and 7th in the Big Ten
1: and- as of earlier today yep, as of earlier on, on Thursday when we're recording this that's correct
0: So for scrambling together a class, putting together whatever they could find, losing your two best commits already, that's pretty good for DJ Durkin and company.
1: It is, yeah. I think, you know, for given the the deficit that you face when you're a new coaching staff coming onto the scene um, and having to really wrap things up in two months when other coaches have, oh, you know, three to four years um, working specific kids um, before they sign it, it's really, I think, a pretty impressive job. And you'd be pretty surprised, right, if this wasn't the floor. I mean, you you would uh, expect that they'll be better than 42nd for for the majority of the years going forward, and that's a good place to be.
0: It feels like it should be the floor, and it wasn't very good, but we'll talk about some specific guys, I think. But they really came on strong towards the end, uh, even though some guys they wanted, like Terrell Hall, didn't commit. And there was an article written about him where it made it seem like he was never going to commit. It was kind of one of those... We're going to keep it open just to leave everybody guessing the sort of decisions. Let's talk about the quarterback commit, the pig, or piggy or whatever the heck we're calling him. Well, piggy
1: no, so T. Yep. Okay, yep. If
0: we can call him that. That's a much better nickname than whatever I was thinking about him. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's the guy that Maryland's, well, DJ Durkin and company wanted, and they got him. And the ability to close a deal on a recruit like that, even if he's not the most highest rated recruit, that's a good sign, again, early on. Being able to close the deal with a recruit that was not on Maryland's radar before the coaching change?
1: Well, we don't know. I mean, I I think it's probable that they weren't, that he wasn't on Maryland's radar, but he was always on Walt Bell's radar. Um, You know, he's got a long history with Maryland's uh, new offensive coordinator. And once Bell came to Maryland, um, in hindsight, I think it probably should have been pretty obvious to us um, beyond just making snide remarks as we did um, that Dwayne Haskins was not going to stick around in, in Walt Bell's offense. Um, I I think that what's important about getting Pigrome is not that he's better than Dwayne Haskins because he isn't. Um,
0: At least now he's not.
1: Right, and and, you know, I mean, there are going to be fans who are going to say, oh, you know, we're we're glad Dwayne Haskins is gone. I mean, it's obviously ridiculous. Um, It's a ridiculous point because he's really, really... They're
0: in the bargaining stage of the seven stages.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. But uh, Pigrome fits the offense pretty well. I I wrote something um, on Thursday about that. I think, you know, he's a lot like the quarterback who Walt Bell had at Arkansas State the last two years, uh, Freddie Knighton, who's an athletic read-option guy. Can't throw really well down the field, but he'll make the throws to the line of scrimmage and within the first 5, 10 yards off line of scrimmage uh, reasonably well and also beat you with his feet. Um, and I think Bell um, prioritizing Pigrome so much shows that he'll probably run a pretty similar system here. Uh, and if it can work in the Big Ten, then great.
0: And what's seemed to be really nice. What else does it say, though, about – uh, what kind of direction we could see with right. quarterback recruiting going forward because they did have a pro-style c- commit, which we'll talk about. Interesting in name only, literally. Uh, I, I That's me to the kid. I'm sorry. But uh, what, does this say anything about the kind of quarterbacks Maryland's going to recruit going forward or is it one of those situations where it's a guy that Walt Bell already knew, he felt he could close the deal with, and they'll go for, I guess, better in the future?
1: I guess we'll have to see how the offense plays out in his first year. Um, you know, I mean, at, at Arkansas State, Bell ran a spread. Um, a spread lends itself to having a dual threat. Um, you don't need one. I mean, there are some spreads that have pro-style quarterbacks. Um, Art Bryles at Baylor comes to mind uh, with that. But a lot of spreads, you know, it helps to have a quarterback who can who can option left or option right um, and be effective that way. So I guess you have to see, you know, A, who starts for Maryland this year, um, and then what kind of fit that player is, whether he's pro-style, which would be you know Caleb Rowe, Perry Hills. Even though Perry Hills has some spread spread in him, I think, um, or if it's you know Pigrome or even Shane Cockerill, um, and that works really well. And Bill just says, you know, I'm never going back to pro style. Um, either way, you know, I, I think we just need to see what the results are, um, and, and obviously see how classes line up after this one.
0: What would be you? Uh, excuse me. What would you put the odds at that Pigrome actually plays this year? Because I'm still thinking it's considerably low, even though Maryland's quarterbacks ahead of him are. Um,
1: Four. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 20, 25%. I mean, just. And this, and this
0: is, not to interrupt you, but this excludes oh, also ahead. grad transfers, which could it still does. happen.
1: Yeah, it definitely could still happen. Um,
0: in I fact, mean, I would put a good chance on it that it does, even though I have no idea who's available as a grad transfer.
1: Right. No, I mean, there are always going to be guys available. Um, but I think 20 or 25%, just because he's, you know, he's so talented, like he's probably, in fact, I mean, why, why say probably? He's infinitely more athletic than any other quarterback option Maryland has um but he is a 511 high school senior and this is the Big 10 um so it, it's unlikely but Maryland's quarterbacks might be bad enough that he could do it and you know he might be good enough I don't know um I wouldn't expect it yet but but it's possible
0: Now let's talk about who can make an instant impact for this team we've seen a lot of roster overhaul as you would expect with coaching changes as well as there were a lot of seniors that graduated and lots of other program internal changes the guy you mentioned on the post that you had written which you should read if you haven't already is tino ellis now he's an interesting player one of the dmvd umb guys that did not decommit which is good news because he's a very talented wide receiver also has a lot of speed how could we see him used if he's used you mentioned in special teams but will likely has kind of got that on lockdown no you?
1: i think i mentioned that dj turner could play his Demath. oh his yeah special teams i think that ellis could play in a number of different situations um you know he's really good i think out of maryland's receivers who are still on this roster uh he might be the highest rated recruit already if not dj Moore, i think he was maybe a high three star although i don't remember exactly um but i i think points? he's no out of the receivers, oh, out out of the receivers. Sorry. um so i mean he's got a really good pedigree and if you look at maryland's receivers last year um they weren't very good i mean there are a couple of them who did okay um you know, Malcolm Comer developed a bit as, like, a third, fourth receiver option. Um, and DJ Moore was super impressive as a freshman. But, you know, nobody had more than, like, 430 yards just because of how, how bad the quarterback situation was. So it might be tough to get a gauge on it, you know, to judge how good they were. But they weren't great. Um, and there's not there's not a ton of blue-chip talent there. So I think Ellis plays, and I think he plays um, either as a slot or an outside receiver in, in standard down packages without having, you know, um, I don't think he'll just be a sub-package guy. I think he'll play a lot. What about DJ Turner? I think he could play in some role. You know, Maryland just got um, – I, I don't know if it's been announced. I know Jeff Ehrman at Inside Maryland Sports had reported that um, Jaquiel Vay is going to be coming back. Yeah, we saw that. Cal- that's,
0: but he's ineligible this year apparently. Right,
1: exactly. So he's ineligible um, kind of in that receiver-running-back hybrid role that he played um, as that lightning bolt guy. DJ Turner might be the fastest guy on the team. I, I've only seen him – uh, on tape i've never actually driven over to Dematha to watch him but he's fast i know he was hurt in his senior year um, but if he's healthy he's really really fast he could find a place you know as a guy who plays in the slot you know you do you do some things like Maryland did with will likely on offense at the end of last season maybe um and, and you find some room for him if for whatever reason which i don't know why this would be it would probably have to be injury uh if likely is not returning punts and kicks
0: I would find that highly doubtful, to be honest. If he's healthy, he's going to be Maryland's best player in any sort of yeah, position. Yeah. So.
1: It, would have, it would probably have to be an injury for anyone except for we're likely to, to be back there.
0: Okay. Let's go out to the defense, particularly the secondary. It was an area we knew where Maryland had some serious depth issues, and they fixed that by recruiting the entire state of Florida, it seems, Yeah. or quote-unquote the second home now for Maryland athletics which is not really a surprise when you consider where D.J. Durkin came from and, well, he was the defensive coordinator in Florida, and he still recruited Florida very well when he was at Michigan. This isn't a surprise, and get used to it, guys. You're going to see a lot of players from the state of Florida on Maryland coming up in the coming years, and it doesn't really hurt that the best player on Maryland, will likely is from Florida.
1: Right. doesn't hurt at all. Um, I think last year they had six kids on the roster from Florida, uh, this year they had I think it was six or seven recruits from Florida. Um, I think seven, actually, seven recruits from Florida. Um, and like you said, I mean, he recruited Florida really hard at Michigan. Um, He—that's uh, not where he's from. He's from Ohio, but you know, he spent four years there. Um, you know, with Will Muschamp in Florida, and he obviously developed relationships there, and he developed them. And I think this is important. Um, he develops them coming at that coming at that area as a guy from an elite program. I mean, you, you know, when you're recruiting in Florida. As Florida, you might develop some credibility in that area, um, just because of who the Florida Gators are and what they've done. Now he can say, "Okay, I know how to win." Even though, of course, the Will Muschamp Florida thing could have gone better, um, but you know he knows he knows what it's like to be part of a good program from Florida, um, and, and he knows, you know, he has some credibility from being at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, um, Antoine Richardson, the the cornerback, one of their highest rated recruits. Um, who just signed on? Well, he signed yesterday. Or signed on on signing day, but he committed a few weeks ago. Um, he had actually committed to Michigan with Durkin recruiting him while Michigan was on a satellite camp in Florida. Um, so it's just a way that these things kind of kind of tie together, and and, and how relationships are highly transferable.
0: Yes, they are. We've seen that specifically with uh, the guys that left Maryland. Excuse me, Mike Foxley <laughs> had to mention it. Let's talk about some of these guys in more depth. You mentioned Antoine Richardson. There's a lot of other names here that we should get to and how many of them are actually going to be making impacts in year one you would hope not many because freshmen in the secondary in the big 10 east is a little bit terrifying well the punter so, be well the punt but the punter doesn't count i'm sorry
1: I'm punters me, are not
0: people too and this, this just want
1: to get this in because i don't know if there's anybody out there um outside of the state of iowa who has the enthusiasm that i have for big 10 special teams play
0: <laughs> nobody nobody She's, this Please kid, re-evaluate this your kid life.
1: wade lee's um, can punt the absolute shit out of the ball. I mean, it, it's incredible what he can do. Um, yeah, he Maryland
0: doesn't play Iowa this year. I'm sorry.
1: No, I don't think so. You're right. Well, they don't play Iowa should, for a while. I've, so. seen, I've seen video of this kid punting the ball 60 yards, 65 yards in the air. Um, so he's – Don't watch and, Aussie And Aussie Maryland, Maryland averaged 30 yards a punt just. last year. So just be aware of it.
0: Well, I mean, anything could be better than what Maryland was doing with punting last year kind of by default, but it's still punting. Uh, I'm, if you forgive me, I have Brian Anger whiplash since he's been punting for the Jaguars for four years. He was taken in the third round and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars aside from Blaine Gabbard and many other things that I'm not going to go into right now. Back to the secondary. Who are some of the players that we should really know their names, even if they're going to be freshmen, who could be making impacts relatively soon?
1: I, I think there are a couple of guys who are going to come from different position groups who, you know, they, they got a few guys at that position, so it'll be up to... Etc. to emerge from that position. Um, one of the guys who I think is really interesting is Tariq Tisdale, um, the defensive back that they got from Florida, who I believe is going to play safety at Maryland. Um, I've seen you know just some pictures and some video of him. He has already, it seems like, a D1 body. like He's in really, really good shape, uh, big kid in the athletics. So I think he's someone who could play pretty quickly, uh, especially because Maryland's safeties um, are, are more of an abstract thought than an actual concept. <laughs> well, they,
0: they had safety last year apparently they both graduated and now I have no idea who's going to actually play safety this year for right. Maryland
1: but he, and he's versatile I think Azar Abdul Rahim, the defensive backs coach said that he could play cornerback as well as safety
0: so that's good news anybody yeah. else
1: I mean in that sec in the same realm um there's Elijah Daniels um J-A-H uh you know Alicia's brother um Alicia
0: and Elijah that's not gonna Alicia
1: and Elijah it's going to be tough Oh, um, boy. You
0: know, if, with, you're with like, if you're a like three-star
1: for Maryland, you've got a shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, not to interrupt you again. I'm sorry about that. but
1: No, no, no. And,
0: you know, with the pro-style quarterback's last name and then Alicia and Elijah Daniels, I feel sorry for Maryland beat writers next year. Particularly as well as
1: on. Knight, the safety, and oh Ladarian boy. Wilson, the running back. Oh, it, God. It, I just want to say that we, we were the only outlet that has been um, spelling Ladarian Wilson's first name correctly all along.
0: It's got an E in it, doesn't it?
1: Not it does, but it has a capital D, which is the big thing. Oh, okay. And okay. we have, we have been on that train from the beginning.
0: AP style, AP style.
1: I was thrilled. I was thrilled to see it come through my email the other day.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Anybody else in the secondary before we move on to some other position groups?
1: Um, you know, I mean, it's a it's a big secondary group. Um, this, the safety, quantres is night. Um, I think he's only rated two stars, but you know, Maryland. Um, obviously thinks they can develop him, and that would obviously be great. Um, Trayvon Stott, who's a pretty highly rated cornerback who committed a long while ago um, to under Randy Edsel, um, so he'll be interesting. It, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to project defensive backs because there are so many of them, but um, he'll have a chance. They'll all have a chance.
0: At least there are many of them, but here's something that you reminded me of when you just mentioned uh, the project idea. The idea that Maryland could take on some sort of quote-unquote project recruits, guys that are undersized but have some raw talent that could be worked out of them from the coaching staff as opposed to these high-star recruits who are going to get a lot of interest in these lower-star guys who might not, is that a, I hate using this phrase and somebody's going to ding me for it, but market inefficiency that Maryland can exploit because they're not going to be able to get all of the super highly rated recruits because it's Maryland?
1: I guess the market inefficiency... Inefficiency is just getting super athletic kids who haven't been noticed. Um, and I don't know if I'd call that an inefficiency as much as just, uh, well, okay, maybe that's a good word for it because they aren't recognized always completely well. But I think they've tried to do that with uh, with Quantrez and with Deion Goldborn. Uh, the, I wanted the, to
0: talk about Goldborn. Yeah,
1: newly yeah, sure. rated three star defensive end. Um, he's 200 pounds, which, you know, in the Big Ten, not really going to do a whole lot of defensive end at 200 pounds. But then again, you know, you could develop him. Mean, he'll probably redshirt this year. Maybe he'll play linebacker. Maybe he'll beef up a little bit and play N. You know, I've done some interesting stuff there.
0: So let's move on to some of the other recruits. D line, anything on the D line besides Goldborn? You uh, you wanted to mention? I don't I don't remember Maryland class off the top of my head.
1: Maryland, I don't know that. I don't think Maryland got another defensive line commit.
0: Well, then, I don't think the defensive line was an area. Of, yeah, you know, I think Saint that was T. it.
1: That was no. I mean, I think it it is an area of need. Actually, I think. After next year, it's going to be a huge problem if they have not recruited more defensive ends. I think getting Terrell Hall would have been um, just great for them, but that's life sometimes. would
0: have been a bonus, but there's another recruiting class coming up, and apparently they've been interested in some ends, and we might get to that in a bit. The offensive line, Maryland's best recruit came on the offensive line. It's starting to become a trend. Maryland is really becoming a Big Ten school when your best recruits are offensive linemen. Yeah. Uh, Richard Merritt, among others. Uh, they're starting to really do well in recruiting the offensive line. We remember it being an issue for so long. It got better towards the end of last season. Offensive linemen, next to no chance that they make an immediate impact. The less chaos happens. We saw Damian Prince redshirt. Figure yeah. Merritt's going to redshirt as well.
1: well um, I think Merritt probably will. the The interesting question is on Terrence Davis, um, who is the third-rated guard in the country this year, and I think yesterday uh, or on on Wednesday. Um, DJ Durkin told the Big Ten Ten Network that he's going to be able to help uh, soon, and and I don't know. I mean, I I I think that it's unlikely because he is a freshman and this is the Big Ten, and the the percentage of the Big Ten, right? I mean, the percentage of freshman uh, offensive linemen that don't redshirt in the Big Ten is minuscule. I don't know what it is, but it's tiny. Um, I I can't think of a Maryland offensive lineman who hasn't redshirted the last several years. Really, I I, I know last year they redshirted the whole crop. I'm almost positive they did two seasons ago as well, um, and I think three years ago as well. So I don't know, but but they uh, Terrence Davis could be someone who contributes. I mean, he and Merritt are both going to be excellent, excellent players.
0: So the offensive line is going to become not an issue very soon, which is kind of nice, nice change from from
1: last year. Maryland's offensive line was low key, not that bad last year either.
0: No, it was not the biggest issue on the team. Yeah, if they had marginally better quarterback play, we might have said the offensive line is halfway decent.
1: I think it was. I mean, they, they limited sacks um, reasonably well, even though those numbers were, were were much bigger at the beginning, weren't much better at the beginning of the season. Um, but Maryland was actually a reasonably good running team last year, despite uh, despite all its problems in the passing game. So I think it, it's a line that um, was decent and should should be really, really, really good the next two to three years.
0: Let's change for, excuse me, now to the running back situation. Not only Jaquiel Vay, who can't play next season. By the way, just a quick mention on that. Is that one of the more bizarre transfers you've ever seen? He leaves Maryland, goes to Towson, then DJ Durkin comes in and now he's back at Maryland. I, I'm confused by that.
1: I think he didn't love what Randy Edsel's staff did with him jerking him back and forth between receiver and running back and, and never really letting him get settled at either of those spots.
0: Okay, that would make sense. Uh, where do you, do you think he ends up under Durkin? Because he could end up in both positions, but he'll probably settle on at one.
1: Yeah, uh, he always struck me as more of a running back because he, he's not actually he didn't catch that many balls. He caught uh, less than fifty percent of the passes that were thrown to him when he was a receiver. Um, but in some ways, I mean, you know, it, it could be one and the same.
0: Okay, so what about the running back recruits? Because Maryland got a couple of those.
1: Yeah, they're interesting. I, I think you know the highest rated was Lorenzo Harrison from Dematha. Um, You know, it's always good if you can get a high three-star running back or a mid-three-star running back from a local powerhouse like the DeMatha. Literally down the road. Yeah. Um, The one I'm really interested in is Ladarian Wilson, Um, just from his video. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I've certainly certainly never watched him play live or or even live on TV. But um, he's powerful. I mean, he absolutely runs over people. Um, Looks like he has some bite to him like that. And and he's fast as well. I think he could be a pretty good ball player. Um, The other guy to think about, um, and this is a little bit outside outside the realm of recruiting this year, outside of high school recruiting, is Trey Edmonds, the running back from Virginia Tech, who's transferring over. Um, I suspect he'll be, you know, in the top two of the of the depth chart next year. Behind
0: Ty Johnson, uh, is, either a,
1: either in front of or behind Ty Johnson.
0: Is he a grudge transfer? Because if just he can so play, so
1: really, okay. He's immediately. Yeah. That's good uh, news because
0: without him, Maryland's backfield would have been Ty Johnson and then shrug emoji.
1: Right, but Ty Johnson's exciting. I think I'm actually really looking forward to watching him get carries next year. I was was
0: happy down the stretch when he was getting more looks. He was deserving of them, even though Maryland's got guys. A quick question on Wilson. When's the last time Maryland's really had a particularly effective bruising running back? They've had a lot of guys (laughs) who could get to the outside. They've had a lot of guys that could make men miss but they haven't really had a powerful running back. I mean West Brown was kind of like that, but not
1: Right. And also, good at we, it. also we should note that West Brown is still on the roster. He's suspended and that suspension is reportedly for 1 year. Um But I mean when you're looking but, at next but, year, Right, exactly. He's not
0: around, so that's part of the reason why we're kind of ignoring him unfortunately.
1: Right. I mean assuming that that report is correct and, and you hate to assume, but it's a, it's a credible reporter reported it. Um So, yeah, I I think they haven't had a really good bruising running back um, while while I've been there, certainly, or while you've been there.
0: That's absolutely true. Uh, Somebody asked us about 2017. It's very early, and we know the recruiting mavens have already gotten on that. What kind of players should Maryland be looking out for are going to be huge areas of need for this team in 2017, already looking way ahead since 2016 is kind of a bogey year. I saying it after 2015, but it kind of is.
1: Well, I actually looked at a couple. Uh, I looked at the depth chart um, earlier on, on Thursday to to write something about that. There are a couple areas. Um, first of all, they're definitely going to need some way or another to find a center. Um, right now, Maryland only has one natural center on its roster. That's Brendan Moore. Um, they're going to need to add there. And that might be partially just done by moving guards uh, over to the middle, but, but that's something they're going to have to do. Um, they're really light at inside linebacker um, after Jermaine Carter, who has two years of eligibility left um they're still you know despite adding a lot of bodies in the secondary they don't have after will likely a single four-star player at cornerback or safety um at some point you really would like to get some top end talent there that's going to win 50 50 balls and and do the things that dj durkin had jabril jabril peppers and jordan lewis doing in michigan um, i mean at least he's got
0: one of the two
1: well he's got will likely for one year yeah um, and
0: will likely for one year is still going to be very exciting to watch in dj durkin's defense
1: Um, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be terrific. and It'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, They could use, uh, I think also, they could use some defensive ends. That's a really important thing just because they didn't get Terrell Hall. Um, This year they'll have uh, Jesse Annabonum and Roman Braglio. Um, Both of them should be really, really good, particularly as pass rushers. Um, Braglio's gone after the season. Annabonum's gone after either one or two, depending on how good he is next year. Um, so so you're with, and be, with the history you're of Maryland
0: close. defensive ends I would tend to think if he plays well it will be the former not the latter
1: right right um, it, it, that, that, that does tend to be how it goes um, and then after that I mean there's just some, some lower three star recruits uh, and Deion Goldborn at defensive end Okay. Um, this year so it's, I think it is going to be really important for Maryland to add there next season
0: it's going to be an important recruiting class and now to my favorite recruit not the punter unfortunately for our friends in Iowa sorry the quarterback with the name, as long as my last name. I'm so excited as my parting gift to Maryland that you all, maybe not you, Alex, but Brian <laughs> and some of our friends get to deal with Max Bortenschlager. Yes! People have to deal with the pain I've been dealing with for 22 years on this earth. It's fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. I, I had to say that. because Y'all don't know how hard it is to live with a last name that every single person will butcher either saying it or spelling it
1: yeah he's going to be um, in addition to his fun name he's an interesting um, interesting pickup just because I, I don't really know much about him and um, I think anyone who says they do know much about him is probably lying to you unless they have um, roots they haven't told us about in Indianapolis Indiana high school football um, I had people you know, that
0: lived outside of Indianapolis but I doubt they watched much high school football recently
1: right but you know Maryland offered him for a reason I mean remember Maryland had a bunch of guys who it could have offered scholarships to a quarterback. Um, had Ramar Williams, who was a record-setting uh, three-star quarterback locally, a dual threat. Um, they didn't offer him a scholarship. They chose to offer one to Borden Schlager instead. Um, so you wonder, uh, you know, what they saw. There, there, there certainly has to be something there um, that they've seen in scouting that they like, and, and we'll all get to see what that is together.
0: Well, that's a probably that's a project quarterback if you've ever seen one. I want to mention a couple of articles briefly before we head out on this shorter podcast recapping some crouton. Uh, There was an article about Lindsey Scott's recruitment, and he was another one of the quarterbacks that Maryland was interested in. He ended up going to LSU, uh, but he said in an article that everything technically, whatever that means, sort of facilities and jerseys and all that stuff, whatever technical means. I'm thinking technical staffs in soccer, but not many people care about that aside from me. Uh, He said all that was Maryland, and he went to LSU because his heart told him to go to LSU. Right. So that says something about Maryland and Lindsey Scott. I don't remember he had some connections, I think, with Walt Bell, but that's another recruit that's yeah. distant and said he really liked Maryland, really liked what the Terps were selling, which is an interesting little nugget to take away from an otherwise uh, from an otherwise player that otherwise committed to LSU.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think these guys give off a whiff that they know what they're doing, and uh, particularly in, in recruiting anywhere outside of Maryland, that's not always something you could say for Randy Edsel and Mike Loxley, um, or even for Randy Edsel in terms of recruiting in Maryland, if we're being honest. Or even Ralph Reach. Right, so um, the fact that Maryland has, uh, and I've used this word a lot tonight, that Maryland has credibility in that region, um, it's really important, and it's something they can build on. Uh,
0: In the Terrell Hall article, I don't remember what paper it was in, I think it was the Baltimore Sun, but I could be wrong, I'm sorry if I am. He was talking about how Randy Edsel's Staff kind of butchered his recruitment and gave off a good vibe of the program. And then he said, Alabama's a safe option. Well, of course it is. They just won the national title. And he hoped that Maryland could win a national
1: championship there. What? He'll absolutely win a national championship.
0: Oh, of course he will. It might not be next year, but he'll win one.
1: Every every Nick Saban class of the last 10 plus years or so has won a national championship. And, you know, at Maryland, um, pretty much no matter what the Terps do, I mean, I I think we all agree they're not going to win a national championship in the next four years. No. So. But, you know, but, then again, he,
0: but those comments were definitely wrong. interesting, and it sounded like he was a lot. I'm trying to figure out the word here. It was a lot greener, I guess, on Maryland after DJ Durkin took over, which again leads to the whole credibility in the marketplace idea, which is something that Maryland did not have under Randy Edsel and is a welcome, welcome
1: change. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is.
0: So I want to get two notes quickly. They're both one's tangentially related to Maryland, one's related to college football. Randy Edsel got hired by the Detroit Lions as a. Something or other. I don't know what it is. Uh,
1: Yeah, he as a uh, as like a football projects uh, director. I
0: have no idea what that is. But Calvin Johnson retired the same day Randy Edsel was hired. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) I'm not the first person to make that joke. I'm
1: no, you were. I've made that joke. To that joke, yeah.
0: Oh, I made that joke six times the day it happened. So
1: right. I think even that day there. I mean, it was it was it was immediate. It was immediate.
0: Uh, There's no really surprise by that, and also. Uh, Couple nights ago on Jeopardy, it's way down my Twitter timeline, but this went viral, so you can see it. And it's college. It yeah, uh, there was a question for College Week, which is something I should have done but never did. I should do sports Jeopardy, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, there was a kid wearing an LSU sweatshirt in the middle. Was a guy, two girls on the other side. There was a college football category. The one thousand dollar question was about the old ball coach, Crickets.
1: What was the question? Uh,
0: it was basically who is. It was referring to this old ball coach, which is
1: oh, yeah. code for
0: Steve Spurrier, and he said he right. coached in Florida, I think. Right. And crickets. Okay, thousand dollar question, but the guy went to LSU. That's pretty bad. That's still the SEC.
1: Not terrific, yeah. But
0: then it gets well, it gets worse because the two hundred dollar question asked basically, where did Derrick Henry go to school last year? Mm. Crickets.
1: Well, that's maybe you just didn't want to think about that one.
0: No, that's horrible. I don't care. You how? Difficult would it be, even if you hate football, to ignore it at LSU? It'd
1: be pretty tough. I
0: find that to be almost next to impossible. Now, I'm going onto a website called J-Archive, which is only useful for me. Uh, I don't – oh, it's not on there. Dang. I wanted to see what the other questions in that category were and to see if anybody got them right because I'm assuming nobody did. By the way, uh, somebody that I worked with at CNS, Dylan Refi, I think is how his name was. He was on Sports Jeopardy a couple weeks ago. Really? Yes, he was. I was watching that episode and kind of stunned, like, he looks way too familiar that it was his name, and I'm like, oh, that's who that is. So if you're listening, Dylan, you get a shout-out on the Testudo Times podcast. It's clearly more prestigious than being on Sports Jeopardy, (laughs) whatever that's worth. Okay, Alex, it was good to have you back on. Thanks for talking some crouton with me, and hopefully we'll get to talk to you about basketball soon enough.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: How excited are you for the Bowie State Clash of the Titans on
1: Tuesday? You know, I think that that is an apt night for me to take the night off.
0: I know, because Ryan's going to be there, and guess who else is going to be there? Will you be there? Yeah.
1: Terrific. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there, it's going to be a really busy next couple of months, um, next five to six weeks for us covering Maryland basketball. So I think um, okay, kind of like George, any night to take George, Washington, night off. George Washington took the troops to Valley Forge to prepare them for the battles with the British to come. Um I think no, I think I'm gonna take a night Okay, um, that,
0: that, that metaphor is enough. not very good, Alex. I think you need to try harder, which means it must be time to end if Alex is delving into metaphors that are making me wanna sort of. Sorry about that, but
1: I thought you but, would like that, you're from there.
0: No. Not Valley Forge and he
1: crossed I mean it's close. It's very close for enough.
0: He crossed into Trenton.
1: If it's you extraordinarily Trenton close. Now
0: you'd be crossing through a bunch of toxic sludge anyway.
1: Any anyhow.
0: It's neither here nor there. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed our talk on some crude. And of course, no terms.